What is up, Fight Fans? Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Anomaly Show, No Filter. This time we've got Jive Turkey Nano, and we've also got Tien under a new name, T-Piz in the house. You know he's taking the piz, guys. You know he's taking the piz with these bets. So, um, T-Piz, I got to ask you before we even jump into any of the fight picks, what's up with the name? Let's talk, let's hey. talk to the people. You know, you know what? I, uh, I'm going to be qu- quite brief with you guys, man. You know, when I was uh, growing up, I used to always try to find my rapper name, man. I, I think uh, back in the day, you know, when we would all get into our cars and have those uh, quick freestyle raps and stuff like that, uh, that was my alter ego name was T-Piz. So there was actually a couple songs. Don't want to hear it, trust me. But there was a couple songs out there where you would hear T-Piz is on the mic. And uh, had to bring it back, man. I had to bring it back. I mean, it's a special occasion, you know. Um, blessed to be able to do it on the mic with my boy O and uh, Emiliano, money making mono. So, hey, had to bring it back for you guys. And I'm juiced to actually be back on here. So I appreciate you giving me the time too. And it's hell of freaking fight for us to be able to do it too. Good way to bring it in. My guy, bringing up the old school teenage freestyle days. <laughs> This is my guy. His name is T-Piz. Don't let him smile at you because you know he's got the riz. He'll take your girl. He might even take a guy. We only listen to his takes because he's so fly. But if you hear his takes, what a fucking guy. (laughs) For you you 8 Mile fans. Clip that. (laughs) Clip that. (laughs) T-Piz with the riz. I like it. In the his house. Had to, had to do it to him, man. I had to do it to him. Uh, so jumping into the fights, uh, before we even start really breaking down the fights, you know, on, on a one-on-one basis here, we got to jump into a little segment that we call here the Kinda Okay Parlay. MMA Nomaly presents. The Kinda Okay Parlay. Cheers, folks, to the kind of okay parlay. So, um, Tien, why don't you tell us tell us who your pick is first, and then and then I'll have you break it down after we play a little other clip. Uh, I love it. I love it. Well, I think just off of uh, Sureface, and you know, I think obviously on our last uh, kind of parlay, chose a little bit of a heavy favor. Unfortunately, and I had gotten cut off before uh, I had a chance to really go in. So. I do want to. I do want to say it again, guys. I apologize if you guys took my minus one thousand. I mean, I hope you did. You know, that was easy money. Obviously, this one's a little bit more tricky. Um, I think it's a little scary just because uh, you know they they are a little bit. It's almost like pick them. I think right now, um, if I'm not mistaken, I think beginning of the week it was minus one forty. But going with the bad man, man. I'm going with the bad man this this week. I have a weird feeling about my boy Justin Toffa, man. And uh, I hate to break it to you guys, but I think he's going to come out there and give Mr. Parker Porker, Parker Pork, her, unfortunately, another swinger dinger. Did I you say Parker good. Porker? What a dick. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. And, and no cases on Mr. Mr. Porter. He said Parker that. Porker, yeah, my no, guy. No, what are you that. doing? But Savage. You know when, it com- when it comes to looks, I'm telling you right now, that guy Toffa, when he walks in there, who you do not want to land in that swing that he'll give, man. I mean, he's he's scary as it is. I mean, you know, I, I just it's weird, man. I th- I think especially when it kind of comes to the heavyweights, it's a very tricky situation. I mean, I'll say that in, in in any case, you know, you you have two guys that literally can go in there and give it lights out. Um, I just think in terms of 
fight, you know, fight style. Um, I just, it's kind of weird. I mean, even with Parker Porter, I mean, I've, I've seen in, in his previous fights, you know, obviously he's, he's, he's a great TKO guy. He's a great submission artist as well. But um, I think in the last couple fights he's had, it's pretty much been some, uh, sorry, decision. You know, he's been going into to, to, to quite a few decisions. And I don't know, I feel like Justin Toffa just has that one swing that could just bring him down. I think it's the same thing as uh, our other, uh, other buddy from Aussie. And I'm trying to forget. I'm trying to remember. You guys can help me out. Mr. Shu. Mr. Oh, Shui. Mr. Shuey, Mr. Tai Tuivasa. Thank you so much. I I, no, I, I, I got to play devil's ah! advocate real quick, real quick. Oh, look at that. <laughs> tai Tuivasa, he's wearing it. He's wearing the shirt, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. Let's go. Hold on. Show the people again. Show the people again. Show the people again. A little louder for the people in the back. Hey. Let's go. Let's get it. Let's get it. So, uh, so I mean. I agree. He is definitely a beast. He's definitely a beast. If he hits you with that overhand, it's it's bad. But, you know, and, and I got permission from him to play this, but just in case I play any other clips, which I plan on playing another clip, I'm going to go ahead and just play this copyright disclaimer. And then I have a, a clip before I ask you how you feel about Parker Porter as a fighter, T-Piz. Just want to throw this out here. You see the pick is Parker Porter by decision. If you bet $100 on Parker Porter to win by decision every single time he fought in the <laughs> UFC, five fights for him, five fights, you would be up. You would have profited $1,200. Wow. Yeah, you heard that correctly. $1,200. Two losses. You lose $100 when he fought Jelton, when he fought Chris Dawkins, And then plus 725 against Josh Parisian, plus 400 against Chase Sherman, and plus 275 last time out against Alan Badeau. You do what you want with those numbers. I did what I wanted to, and I'm taking Parker Porter to get it done by decision. I love it. I love it. I love it. So just for the record, uh, listeners, T-Piz took the opposite guy that GC, Connor Burks, from the Helwani show, the MMA Hour, was just talking about putting the bank on there. Um, and he took the money line on him. So uh, <laughs> are we are we feeling confident? By the way, guys, I just want to clarify, um, and I did steal this joke from Jeff Turkey Nano. Uh, this is not the perfect parlay, right? This isn't the take it to the bank parlay. This is the kind of okay parlay. It's kind of okay. Um, so let's let's tell them why it's kind of okay. <laughs> T piss. There's a reason they call me take the piss, right? Because I uh, I piss on a lot of competition when it comes to choosing, right? I'm gonna tell you right now, hey GC. I'm sorry to say, brother, I think you got too much rope in front of your eyes on choosing this one, man. I I I gotta say it. I gotta say it. I just. I don't know, man. I, I look at this fight and, uh, you know, obviously even, even with Porter, I mean, he's been on an absolute streak before he fought the one guy that we actually evidently won minus a thousand on recently, Mr. Almeida. Right. I think prior to that, he was on a roll. Uh, but man, it's just, to me, I just think it's kind of hard when you kind of come to competition. Um, he's, I mean, he's fought some, some pretty solid guys. Don't get me wrong, but in terms of competition um, age, you know, I definitely think, Especially when it kind of comes to skill, obviously Porter probably has a lot more years and takedowns, trying to figure out different ways to defend any any type of takedowns that maybe even the bad man tries to do as well. But 
I mean, I just think in terms of youthfulness and coming into, uh, you know, having that type of power and speed. I mean, I just think, <laughs> I just think in terms of uh, going in there and showing the the type of game plan that they have, you know, Par- Parker might be able to do that, brother. But I don't know. I mean, I think there's just too many variables. I mean, even for example, you know, he did file Meta, and it was what maybe about six, seven months ago. So I maybe mean, he d- he did get a little bit more time to kind of get away from. You know, um, evidently that loss as well. And it wasn't a knockout. You know what I mean? Almeida didn't go in there and just swing him out. I mean, he got a submission. And in most cases, I feel like with submissions, you could just, you know, you could figure out where those those tendencies or mistakes that you might have and you might be able to get right back on your feet. And I mean, you know, he's not fighting Almeida again. Right. He's fighting a guy like uh, Mr. Shu, you know, and I feel like bad man Tafa just or Yeah. Bad man Tafa. I just think that he has that power. He has that speed. Um, and I feel like some of the losses that even he's had, I mean, it's it's kind of unfortunate, you know, the way that his his fighting style kind of went through. I mean, even Jared Vandera, I would think, is the pretty decent one where I was like, okay, that's a little tricky. I mean, Carlos Felipe was good as well. Jorgen DeCastro, I mean, Jorgen DeCastro is a beast, you know. Um, so, I mean, in terms of guys that he's fought, it's, it's not like he's lost against a lot of bad stars either. I mean, he has a lot of, um, you know, fights that – could have gone either way. I mean, the ones that he did lose, unfortunately, they were unanimous unanimous decisions. The, bet, the bet's already pressure. placed. You don't have to you don't have to convince <laughs> us. <laughs> we're riding or dying. It was it was locked a week ago. For fans out there, for fans out there, I do apologize. You see, know, probably has a lot better analysis when it kind of comes to those those side of it i'm not gonna lie but again that's the reason why we're pissing on competition with t-fizz here right i'm gonna tell you guys the truth could be tricky on this like you said man i mean when it comes to heavyweight <laughs> there's there's anyone that can win other than obviously our, mo- our boy mr almeida right and that's that's pretty much the only lock at heavyweight I mean, like even John Jones isn't going to be a lock at heavyweight. So right. I mean, like, that's if you think about that alone, that tells you the volatility of the fucking weight class. Like, come on, right, right. I think I think in terms of um, you know, a, a, a lot of factors, but I mean, you know, like I think youth has a big role in it. Um, I do think in terms of where they're fighting as well, guys. You know, let me let me fighting. ask you this. Let me ask you this. Just specific on this fight. How do you think he gets it done over Parker Porter? Do you think he finishes them or do you think it's a decision? I definitely don't think decision, brother. I don't think decision. I think so. So hear me out on this, man. Call your I shot. Know, I know, I know We're Porter, around. I know Porter is a star, man. I know he's able to keep his, 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 his Porter. right. I know he's a strong guy, guys, but I'm going to say this right now. There is nothing better, right. Than having that crowd energy when you're going into anything. I mean, I, I personally have never fought like that in a, in an arena, but I've gone to some matches where you're cheering on and you're screaming their name. And I'm, I'm about certain that energy is something they can feed off of. Right. It's the same thing sure. as a guy like Volkanovsky, right. And I'm sure we're going to talk about him right now, but you know, it's just like that guy Volkanovsky and you could see the amount of uh, power in his own mindset to be able to say, Hey, it doesn't matter. Whatever is going to happen here. I'm still going to be able to come out and, and, and show my dominance. There's a, there's a, there's a power in having that confidence. I think, you know, sure. and, and, and I think having that crowd, that's behind you cheering on you the whole way. It's, it's something scary, brother. And I think them being in Australia, you know, fighting in, in, in partially what about say 60% of the fighters that are in this, uh, this fight card and where there's a good bit of them. It's going to be kind of scary, man. I think that type of energy is going to be going to Mr. Tafa. And 
I think when he comes in there, um, I think he's going to be going in and just trying to show that dominance. A little bit of speed, you know what I mean? A little bit of that skill and finesse. I'd say, I'd say if he was to do it, it would be late first round. And I swear I knew you were going to say late first round, oh, like KO, TKO. Sugar me in, brother. Let's go. Ain't going to be a kick. My boy's no. going to come out there with the MMA anomaly, right? And he's going to hit him right Boom. there. And I think, I think it. if it's going to be one thing, it's either going to be in the late first round. If not that, I think Porter's going to go at to uh, kind of get some rest in the second. And then I think once he comes in, he's actually just going to get knocked clean. That's my, uh, that's my belief on it. Let's but go. We'll we'll see. I think it's gonna be a good one. But guys, I'm telling you, our parlay is in, and I'm it's gonna hit. You guys, it's gonna hit. This is it's the one. This hit. is the one. <laughs> All right. So we have first leg of the parlay is Justin Taffa money line, and then after that, we got Jive Turkey Nano coming in hot. Coming in hot. What you got? Let's go. Let's go. Keeping it hot. Thank you, T Piz, with the Riz. Oh, as always. Um, yeah, you know, I think that's going to be a firework fight as well, as well there, Tafa. But the card that I am going with, or the fight, I should say, from this card, that I think is a surefire lock to not be uh, going to decision, I think is going to be that co-made event, Yadier Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett, the other title fight that no one's really talking about right now. But this is a fight between two highly motivated individuals highly talented highly skilled i do believe it's gonna go one of two ways i and we can dive into this here a little bit later but i do think that yadier rodriguez possesses the most ways to win on his feet with a flashy knockout or something some sort of finish before uh the so well i don't even know if i said it yet but the parlay we're going with is the under four and a half rounds at plus 160. I think this fight is, again, not going to finish with the decision. I think somebody's going to get finished here. Hopefully, my boy Yadier Rodriguez becomes the second Mexican champion to go out there and finish him with some of those flashy kicks or some of the you know shiftiness he has on the feet. Uh, however, Josh Emmett as well poses a really powerful threat, somebody that's very skilled. He's a veteran in the game, and he has some heavy hands, and he's been relying on those really heavily recently in some of his most recent wins. So I think no matter what, this is not going to finish here. It's not going to go 20 minutes. I think somebody, yes, on that nuclear power, somebody's, someone's getting nuked here, all right? And I, I don't think it's going to go the full fight. So let's lock that in under four and a half for this fight here for the coming event at one, plus 160. Sorry about that. Forgot to unmute myself. Uh, that was very unprofessional of me. I apologize. <laughs> I got a 100% agree one with Nano here. Uh, everybody gets one. Everybody gets one. Everybody knows that. Uh, so I got like this. This might be the only better lock than than my pick on the entire card. Uh, and and for the for the people that didn't catch that again. Again, just in case you know you you really weren't paying attention, or for whatever reason you blinked and, and you missed what happened there. That fight is supposed to be five rounds. What, dude? Literally, I thought, I thought it was a enough. typo. 
I thought it was a typo yeah. when Nano hit me up and said that in the chat when we were originally discussing this parlay. I was like, All right, he means under two and a half. Uh, I mean, it's kind of risky. I've seen both guys go three rounds. But then I was like, hold on, let me look into this. It's for the fucking interim belt. I'm sorry I said the F word. We're going to get shut down for that one, but that's okay. Cancel culture is about to hit us. Um, real talk, though. It's a five-round fight, and that's insane. Because we... I mean, both of these guys have finishing ability. Um, I mean, Yair finished Brian Ortega just because Brian Ortega was trying to armbar him and, and messed up. And people can say, like, oh, man, that was a technicality. No, dude, like, that was him defending a submission, and he messed he messed old boy's stuff up. Happens. Ask anybody in jiu-jitsu. That's why they ache so much, because people have also messed their stuff up. Um, so I think that's a lock. That is the lock of the night, ladies and gentlemen. If you're paying attention, that might be the perfect parlay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I see a lot of nodding coming from T-Piz. So I know he's agreeing, right? Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm I'm sorry. I thought I was on mute there for a second, too. I apologize. I can't agree more with, the, with both of you on that. I mean, the analysis is spot on. Um, I think, like what Miliano is saying, I mean, I think both fighters coming into the situation, they both kind of had their game plan, their style, and how they, they want to kind of go into it and, and be able to attack. Um, I think Josh Emmett, I mean, like you say, he got those nuclear freaking fists, bro. I think he can go in there and just – do absolute damage, even in with some of his previous fights. Like most of them, I mean, in, in reality, they're fighting some stars, right? Like Calvin Cater is known to be able to go against decisions. Dan Ige, I mean, even recently, Dan Ego has been Dan 50K Ige, right? He's been able to dominate a little bit more as he's starting to slowly starting to get his hands out there a little bit more. I mean, and then even with uh, Yair on the other side, bro, Yair's a beast. He is a beast. And I think if there is one way to show that, hey, we're actually here to present an opportunity of potentially fighting for the champion championship in the next one, I think the best way to do is, hey, we're, we're going to go out there and show our style. So if one of them knocks the other out or one of them gets a you know submission, I think that's the greatest way. And then they'll go right into potentially fighting who? Um, either another fight or would they go right into fighting Volkanovski potentially? And if that happens... Brother, Man. they'd go. They'd go right into fighting Volkanovski. It's, it's been decided because this is for the this is for the interim title. So he literally. So just to like for the for the listeners that don't pay attention, like all the different news and things like that. This is actually something that Volkanovski campaigned for a little bit. So he wanted this to be an interim uh, title fight because it sets up and guarantees who his next fight is against. If you think about it, it's it's smart for a number of reasons. One, it builds hype around the fight, and the more hype the fight has, the more pay-per-views it's going to sell. It's obviously going to be a pay-per-view because it's pound-for-pound number one or pound-for-pound number two or three, depending on how tomorrow's fight goes, obviously, uh, going against the interim belt holder in his respective weight class. So it'll be a unifying of the belts and a top three pound-for-pound champion that's actually going there to hold up that end of the bargain. Also, it guarantees who his next fight is against, which makes sure that win, lose, or draw... He knows who to game plan for and who to build a camp for to destroy in his next fight back down at 145, which is going to be much easier said than done. We've seen more often than not when people go up, they have a, a hell of a time coming back down to that weight. So it'll be interesting to see win, lose, or draw what happens afterwards and kind of what Volk does uh, when he does go back down or how he looks rather. Um, but jumping back to the fight at hand here, I I mean, thousand percent Nano is is... He's on to something here. 
if I would have seen that, I probably would have thrown that in the chat before. Mm, just saying, but <laughs> that's, that's a really great pick. Um, so I think we're go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Just kind of curious. I want to kind of add in a quick question for you guys. I'm curious if you guys had a chance to see the weigh in today as well, because Josh Emmett almost looked like a skeleton, man. I, I did see the way in. Nuts. I did see the way in. I literally have a picture of it on my phone because it's fucking ridiculous how bad he looked after the way in. And mind you, that that picture I sent in the MMA group chat, like the big one on Instagram, uh, that was like probably 20, maybe 30 minutes after he'd already weighed in. So he'd been drinking coconut water and stuff and rehydrating at that point. He looked worse on the scales. I don't know if you were watching live, but it was not a good it was not a good look. Wow. Um he looked super drained. He and I mean this in the most respective way. I actually think European people have like the the like cutest little cheekbones and such. He looked very European today, um, in every sense of the word. Um, he looked like a European uh, female model from the nineties. If yeah, like cocaine chic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Both. You can laugh. It's a joke. <laughs> I, th- I thought. I thought. I thought. You know, if if he, you know. Gave it another minute, you know, and if he decided to get out of UFC, I could definitely see him right there, right next to Zoolander, you know, and and, and potentially uh, working, working the, working the <laughs> blue steel, Wait, hitting that magnum. magnum. <laughs> you already know, dude. All right, everybody has to do it. All right, Tian, hit the magnum. Here we go. Three, two, one. Ooh, so good. <laughs> Emiliano, here we go. Three, two, one. Oh my gosh. That just touched me in places I haven't been touched in many years. Ow. And here we go. Three, two, one. Oh, oh. You know what I'm saying? You have have to do the back and forth for him. You got to throw some attitude, some attitude with it. (laughs) There's some flair. Is it hot in here? A little razzle dazzle. Man, man. Sheesh. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but my, my like, Half my arms disappeared there because I was just green with envy of how good you guys were at that. <laughs> <laughs> green screen jokes. Um, so <laughs> jumping into my pick for the kind of okay parlay, we have Islam Makhachev getting the submission. I mean, wow. guys, come on. Wow. Come on. Let me, let me just break this down for you guys, okay? Islam Makhachev is... Absolutely incredible at securing the takedown. And there's just some silly stuff going on with with Greg Craig Jones. Uh, I like that guy. I think he's fantastic in the world of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. But he he said a quote earlier this week. He basically said that he doesn't think Islam is a very good grappler. He's like, he's really good at holding people down. And he can submit people, but I don't think his submissions are that good. And he's he's telling that to the person that he's training or helping game plan for to go against Islam. For me, that's going to ensure or install kind of a false sense of confidence. Now, Submission Radio, um, I actually love that they've been at the weigh-ins and asking questions. Things have been really cool. But they posted this clip um, on Twitter. I asked them if I had their permission to post it. They didn't respond. I did pay the uh, play the copyright disclaimer, so just in case you know anything comes up. Um, this is definitely their clip, but I wanted to play it real quick just to see what you guys think. And the big thing that people keep posting this as with the caption is, wow, the uh, the striking is just leaps and bounds different between these two. So just pay attention. Let me let me see what you think. And uh, 
did I select, you know, kind of a certain portion of it? Absolutely. But I think it's worth noting the striking really isn't that different. It's just somebody with better footwork versus a meat and potato style striker. So, I mean, I'm I'm curious, like, realistically, what do you guys think about what you saw as as far as striking? I can lead it off there a little bit. I mean, my initial reaction was what I figured I would see from Volk is a very snappy, very quick puncher. But what I saw from Islam was someone that was probably throwing, I only could probably test to the percentage, but maybe 60%. I seen him maybe crank it up to 80 or 90 on one or two of those left crosses, I believe he threw, but still looked equally as fast, um, has obviously just as much power, if not more. Uh, I saw someone that, yeah, looked just as sharp on the hands in terms of Islam versus Volk. Didn't see too much of a speed discrepancy. Volk did, did look maybe a little faster, but he might have just been throwing his punches much harder, maybe a little jacked up in front of his home crowd. Uh and I did not see anything impressive from the grappling or wrestling side of things. Obviously, this is a roll around, nothing too drastic, but nothing that I saw there makes me think that Volk's going to be strong enough or be able to carry the weight that Islam's going to be able to put on him. I also want to jump in here and answer this question here from uh, Jay, the homie, the brother. Um, he said, what round are we taking for the sub? Now, um, I put just overall to win by submission for the actual, the kind of okay parlay here. Um, and if I had to put money on what round it was going to be on, I'm between round one and two. I really think that if he's able to get his hands on him early and if he's able to take him down early, realistically, when there's no sweat before these guys actually, like when they're dry and there's no slippage, he's able to submit him. And I don't care how tough you are. If I'm about to break your arm, your instincts are going to make you tap. And if they don't, then I'm going to break your freaking arm. And what are you going to do? You're going to fight me one-armed? Probably not. And if you try, I'm going to win. So um, I, th- I think he gets a sub. And I also think that he's going to be very smart with it. And I'm, I'm calling this. Somebody clip this, please, and post it. Um, it's going to be a joint submission. It's going to be an arm lock. It's going to be an arm bar. It's not going to be a choke because we've seen Volk fight chokes to the last second until people give out and he is able to actually like escape. Um, but I, I will also say if Islam's able to get his hand under at any point in time, it's over. It really is. Because that man's strength, I don't think anybody realizes it until they feel it firsthand. His strength isn't normal. It, he's He's very next level. It, there's reasons to where why Bobby Green was like, oh man, I mean, you know, if you give somebody steroids from the age of 10, they're probably going to be super jacked even when they get off the steroids. I don't think for a second that that guy was on steroids, Islam Akhachev, 
But I do think that he's so strong that you have to come up with excuses in your in your brain afterwards as to why you felt so weak in comparison to him in grappling exchanges. Um, again, like like Luke Rockhold would get held down by him. Like heavyweights will get reversed by him. So Volk doing the little butt scoot and, and trying to hit a heel hook. Like, come on, bro. Craig Jones said that like, He's like, you know, uh, I think that Islam is afraid of heel hooks because nobody at his gym does that kind of stuff. Are you fucking, are you kidding me? Like, really? Like, you bro, think he, that's Craig, what keeps him up I, I want night. Craig Jones to go roll with some people from American Kickboxing Academy. Like some of the wrestling studs over there. Some of the Dagestani death squad, you know, like those, yeah. guys, would, those guys would have fun with that guy. Um, and, and that's nothing against Craig Jones. Again, huge fan, huge fan. But bro, like stay in your lane. <laughs> There's a reason that there are shirts that exist that say, if Sambo was easy, it'd be called Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> hey, hey, just to follow up on both. Sorry, you know, got, I got a little fired up. I'm sorry. No, I love that. I love that. I mean, you know, it's. I think it's kind of different too when you had a chance to, and personally, and, and I know, I'm sure you, 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 you would speak more on this one, but when you personally have that experience of filling his own power. You know, his leg kicks, his his punches, and then you kind of go into the idea of, okay, this guy might stand and bang. I mean, even in an opinion, like what Islam was saying, right? He's like, I want to knock him out, right? I want to fight him in his own game. I'm not trying to go down and take him down and, and, and you know, do anything, you know, on the on the floor just because they constantly think that he's just a wrestler. Thing is, though, I also watched that interview recently. I don't know if you had a chance to, both of you guys had a chance to, but it was the one with uh, his coach, and his coach actually said, Something along the lines of um, when they fought, it was um, uh, Oliveira recently that they changed their game plan as he was leaving out of the the actual like going into the fight. You know, um, they realized like, hey, man, I think we do better if we just take him down because um, he's really, you know, maybe he just doesn't look as maybe he doesn't look as, fra- you know, as strong or maybe it doesn't look like, you know, he's he's expecting this. And it's crazy because I feel like if you're able to change on the beat like that as quick as possible, I just I find it really hard to beat him. And just like what Emiliano was just actually just saying a second ago as well. I mean, the punches, man, I mean, the 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 punches just look so much more crisp. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just again, it's just the way they're practicing. But form is obviously something you'll never lose, even if you're just going 50 percent. Right. So, like, I feel like the way that I was looking at it was kind of like what you were saying as well. And like. It looked like Volk was expecting, man, I'm just going to use this 250-pound uh, rugby body that I had back in the day and try to use this same type of finesse that I did then and try to do the same thing with Islam. But the thing is now you're fighting a guy that's a weight higher. And obviously, you know, when we looked at the weigh-ins, Islam looked a little bit like he was a, a little bit on the, you know, skinny side of it. But in, in reality, it's because he did have to lose a lot of weight for this. So you also got to count in on top of that is that, you know, Volkanovski looked good when he was going into weigh-ins strictly because he didn't need to lose any weight, you know, and, and Islam coming out probably, what, 10, 20, maybe 30 pounds higher than maybe 20, I would say, 20 pounds higher than what it was when he weighed in. I think he's going to look great, man. I think he's going to look great. Um, I Like you guys said, in terms of everything as well, I mean, Sambo wrestling is a different style, bro, and he's, he's a champ with that. Like people are forgetting that as well. I mean, he's not just some regular Sambo guy that's or Sambo, I'm sorry, guy that's out there that, you know, is just pretty good. He's damn good at what he's doing. And I'm I'm not trying to talk away from Volkanasi as well. I mean, he's a good he's a star wrestler, uh, you know, especially for Australia as well. So 
I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting. But the way I look at it, too, is just I think Islam looks a lot more crisp, especially in terms of their um, practice throughout the the whole training experience to get into this fight. Um, and then also on top of that, I do think Islam didn't really take a break once he got off of Oliveira, which is also a really good thing as well, right? Like, I think he kind of jumped from that right into training for Volkanovski, if maybe he was already training prior for Volkanovski. So I just, I feel like, I feel like there's so much uh, more advantages when it comes to Islam and potentially, like you were saying, only going in there and using his game plan. If he wants to go in there and try to swing, I mean, there it is. Hey, if he wants to go in there and try to do his swinging, I mean, hey, fine by me, right? But I think in reality, like you said, I think what his bread and butter is going to be, I think what his coach is going to say as soon as he comes in is, hey, bro, take this full down because I don't think he's going to be able to keep, you know, he's he's going to be able to get up. And, you know, I'm I'm expecting, you know, a war, but I'm at the same time expecting that Islam's going to come up and shut this guy out too. I mean, it's it's a different experience, you know, when you're fighting at home. And like you said, you know, he might get his arm pulled or say, for example, he gets into a position where he potentially can break his arm. Volk might have that type of finesse where he's like, you know, screw it. I might I might just break my arm for my country right now because I'm not going to lose this fight. Well, guess what now, brother? You're fighting one arm and you're going to be fighting a guy that is ready to destroy you. So um, I agree with you guys. I can't agree with the, all that analysis more, man. I think Islam's just looking more like the cutty guy and. Man, I think he's going to be coming in that ready. And that video, I don't know, man. Just watching that video, it just didn't look as good. I mean, it just didn't look as as sharp as it should for Volkanovski. And I know they're just playing around in that situation. And most of the time, you know, you can't really say that they're going 100% in, in any of that. But the way that Islam looked, it just looked like he was more refined if it was going down to his potential takedowns. That's the one thing that's scary about Islam, too, that people are forgetting is that he's not just going for a freaking single leg or a double leg takedown, bro. He's going for anything where he could lift you, trip you. I mean, I've seen potential ones where he's, you know, just grabbing onto him. Bro, bro and ankle pick, single leg, bro. power double, and like literally inside not. trip, outside trip. And the, the worst thing about Islam Makhachev is – if you're like, say that like you train and you're like, hey, you know, we've never seen him off his back. Go back and watch before he made it to the UFC. People tried that and he just reverses them. Like, <laughs> And realistically, like he's going against high school wrestlers that are up and comers. He's going against college wrestlers. He's going against world class Olympic wrestlers. And he's schooling these people and teaching them things. And that is absolutely horrifying in itself. So like. I mean, you've got this guy that no matter what, if you take him down, he's somehow going to get on top. If you defend 20 takedowns, he's going to get you on the 21st. And that's something that I don't really know if Craig Jones is is relentlessly training Volk with. I don't know that he's shooting those takedowns like that on him. I don't know that he's like really pushing him like that. So, I mean, realistically, it's it's just it's hard to say, right? But at the same time, I feel very, very confident that Islam is 100% that guy. And he's, like you said, he's going to bring the fight to him. And like I said, he has a meat and potato style of striking. He's not flashy. He doesn't have a ton of footwork. He's not the guy that's going to be like, oh, wow, did you see that spinning back 360 wheel kick? He's not that guy. But if he hits you with a body kick, he's the guy that you literally look down and you're like trying to will yourself up. But your body's like, no, no, just not, not today. It's the opposite of the song. You know, my mind's telling me no, but my body. <laughs> <laughs> 
It, it's it's literally the polar opposite when that guy kicks you in the body, right? Like my mind's telling me yes, but my body is saying fuck that. <laughs> so like, I, I just it, it's a very refined style of striking. I think that it, it's the meat and potatoes. It's just what you need, and. I think it gets it done by submission. I think it's going to end up being a, a, an arm bar or maybe a, I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to be a choke. I have a feeling it's literally going to be something where he makes him tap out because he knows how prideful he is and he wants to break that. Right. That's why he keeps like almost jokingly or like kind of like bullishly saying like, oh yeah, I want to, I want to win by knockout. I want to win by knockout. It's almost like disarming him from the takedown threat. Because he's like, oh, he wants to stand with me, huh? <laughs> what an idiot. Like, but that that's not actually what's going to happen. <laughs> no. He's going to hit you with a, like, no. one, two, maybe a one, two, three, and then he's going to double leg you. And then when you're on your back, you're going to be like, well, I should have seen this coming. So, I, I mean, yeah. yeah. And then and then literally, that's it. It's just a rinse, wash, and repeat cycle from that point on, I think. I'm, I'm curious. Sorry to follow up uh, before. No, no, I apologize if you were going to say something. Is there a potential, guys, that if Islam wins, <clears throat> that they might have to summon the Exodia piece in Sabit, <laughs> potentially coming out of retirement just to just to fight him? Because I just seen recently that uh, back in the day they actually wrestled against each other, Zabit versus Islam, um, and they had a pretty damn good. They had actually had a pretty good uh, uh, meet. If you guys get a chance to, you can watch it on YouTube. It was pretty pretty awesome, but. I mean, obviously he's retired, but I'm like, hey, man, if he potentially could come back, man, that'd be kind of a fun fight. But yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I just, I think if Islam beats, and I think we're all kind of agreeing on that, you know, I think if Islam ends up beating Volkanovski, man, I think it will be in his his play style. It's not going to be in the way that, you know, we're all kind of thinking or they're kind of explaining of it being punches. I, I highly just find that unlikely. I just think the way that Islam is is forming, I just think he's just way too good in in his style. So it's going to be exciting, guys. I really truly believe that. And look at that, look at that beautiful. And yeah, just just in case you guys can't see, this is uh, this is what the money lines were whenever we actually bet the parlay here. So we have three picks. This is the kind of okay parlay. So we each picked one. We got T Piz with the Justin Toffa money line coming in at minus one forty. We got our guy Jive Turkey Nano coming in with the under four point five. Just absolute money lock i don't understand how he got plus plus odds on this uh yair rodriguez versus josh emmett over under we got under 4.5 plus 160 and then going into the final leg the third and last leg of the parlay the kind of okay parlay we got islam makachev to win by submission again i don't know how the hell we were lucky enough to get plus odds on this but we got plus 150 and again islam makachev finishes fights that's why I keep saying he's better than Khabib. Khabib likes to drown you. He likes to feel you suffer. He likes to watch you break across 25 minutes. Islam doesn't care. He doesn't get paid by the minute or the hour. He gets paid by the win. And if he does it in 13 seconds or freaking 24 minutes and 13 seconds, he'll still probably get a submission of the night bonus. So he's going to get it done. That's plus 150, plus 160, minus 140, all three paired together. We're coming in at plus 1,014. And that's a $15 odd set to win $167.14 whole cents, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I mean, I think that's money, guys. I don't know. I think this is a hit. 
I think that's the think, easiest thing you could you could put on. I'm sorry, Nano. I think, man, there's a, there's a lot more uh, bad things you could put your money on. How about that? I think this is uh, practically a good hit right here. And I just actually looked up on my imaginary phone. It looks like Justin Toffa is now minus a thousand after we have discussed this. So, guys, <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> no. Are you serious right now? Minus one thousand, guys. You really got to jump on these odds ASAP. I'm just, I'm, I'm telling you, we got to post these odds sooner, obviously. I'm about certain that that Yair one has to be lower at this point, though. Plus one sixty is freaking free money. That's robbery. It's I, I just it's highway robbery. Five rounds. I really don't. Probably two, three rounds at max. Yeah, and we I do, and boys. I agree with you. Uh, I think we're due. We're due for this win, boys. Well, uh, guys, I know T-Piz is waiting on company to get there, so we don't want to keep him too long. Uh, we will go ahead and let him get to that. But we had to have him on for the kind of okay parlay. You know he's a part of this three-leg thing here, this thing-a-thing. And I, I appreciate you guys truly. Thank you so much for uh, for getting me on there. I will be back on there uh, making sure that I give you guys the most obnoxious part of the parlay obviously every single Let's time go. but hey we're gonna make sure it works every time nano Olin, my man i appreciate you Much both. love you guys enjoy your weekend make sure you enjoy everything else and uh i'll see you guys tomorrow hopefully for the fight as well Let's get it, guys. Let's get it. We'll be in touch, brother. Enjoy, Enjoy the company tonight, and we'll we'll chat tomorrow for the fights, and we'll see you uh, hopefully for another live episode on Sunday. And, of course, stay tuned. The episode is not over. Me and Jive Turkey have a couple more uh, breaking news things to go over here. My guys. Take care. Later, T-Piz. So, uh, guys, again, that is the kind of okay parlay. That is, you know, one of the best parts of the the whole damn thing here. Uh, switching, switching notes a little bit here. We're going to change tunes. We're going to change tunes. I'm going to finish this beer. And guys, I don't know if you saw, this is the Mardi Gras Buck. It is a Louisiana brewery and it is absolutely delicious. It's the Abita brewery. You can get those at BevMo and also at, uh, your other local beer stores like Total Wine and more. We're not sponsored by any of those types of things, but gosh, darn, we hope to be someday. We're also not sponsored by uh, DraftKings Sportsbooks, but that is our official sports betting uh, app or sports book of choice. So jumping into the rest of the episode with my guy Nano here, um, let's, I mean, big, 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 big things, big things. Uh, We already talked about Islam versus Volk, so we won't, we won't completely go over those things. Um, I even said the little thing I wrote in my running doc here about his meat and potato style of striking. Um, and we've already talked about Yair versus Josh, so we won't go over that. But one of the things that we didn't talk about at all is one Jack Della Maddalena, which is possibly one of the funnest names in the whole UFC to say. Yeah, you can go ahead and say it. Go ahead. Jack Della Maddalena. Jack Della Maddalena. It's so fucking fun to say. It's such a fun. <laughs> it just rolls off the tongue, my guy. So fun to say. So we got Jack uh, Della Maddalena. He's going against rude boy Randy Brown. Um, this is obviously going to be Jack's biggest test thus far. But prior to this fight, he has shown just exponentially great boxing. And I mean, it's it's his biggest test thus far. So it gives him the opportunity to really prove himself as the elite level boxer in MMA that he thinks he is and that we think he is but it's also a great opportunity for rude boy randy brown which i don't think people are talking about enough it's kind of like somebody coming in to fight patty pimblet a lot of people would be like oh you're coming in to get beat up but what if i win right so that's the thing for rude boy randy brown what if he beats this elite level boxer then it's like oh shit he's the boxer killer cool we already knew he was a badass but now he's like the boxer is kryptonite 
Um, that being said, I got $500 on Jack Della Madeline. I don't actually. Don't listen to me. I'm kidding. <laughs> but if but if I did just have $500 to throw in a dumpster and burn in case it didn't come back to me, I would probably put it on Jack Della Madalena. I think he's going to win this fight. I'm curious to hear what you're going to think, Emiliano. Yeah, that feels like a safe bet. I think Jack Della Madalena, very talented young fighter, 26 years old from the Contender Series. Something in the water out there, Dana White. I don't know what's going on with that, but uh, he's shown to prove and to have really, really... Uh, Good boxing skills. Some of those fights he has some mean hooks to the body, really clean combinations that he can piece together. Um, it's still developing in all the other facets of the game, but for where he's at now and in fighting in front of his home crowd on such a big stage, a huge card, really hoping he can become a household name here. I feel like we say that all the time, but we'd love to see Jack Della Madalena get more recognition here and maybe get a finish over a very talented uh, rude boy. Shout out Rihanna in the Super Bowl this weekend. Um, but Randy Brown, man, just a, a talented fighter coming off four wins as well. Uh, this is going to be some fireworks. Honestly, this this one might be a really good one to kick us off. But I do see Jack Della Madalena getting it done, probably by a finish, uh, maybe in the second round. Take it to the bank. Take it to the bank. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Jack Della Madalena. Della Madalena. Della Madalena. It's a, I mean, he should have a theme song, I feel like. It's same is so fun to say. <laughs> <laughs> so Jack so Della Madalena. So much you can do with that. There's so much room for fun and activities. Um, <laughs> so Jack Della Madalena, take it to the bank. Um, we have two more fights to talk about. One of them is a real-life fight, and one of them is make-believe. Um, so we're going to go through the real-life fight first. We have uh, my fiance's girl, uh, boyfriend, Tyson Pedro, um, going in against Modestas Bukowskis. Um, Tyson Pedro, of course, if you haven't seen him, he's the stunt double for Jason Momoa. I'm sure of it. He looks just like him. <laughs> Uh, no, just kidding. Uh, bad jokes all day here at the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. So we have Tyson Pedro coming in against Modestas Bukowskis. Um, I'll let you actually lead the dance on this one just because I'm curious to hear kind of your thoughts. We got two really solid fighters here. Agreed. Two really solid fighters. Uh, I'll start with Modestas, the Baltic gladiator Bukowskis. Uh, somebody who showed a lot of promise, still young in his career, only 29 years old, uh, was coming off three really bad losses in the UFC. They did tell him, hey, you know, kick rocks, go get a little bit better, uh, come back with some more tools in the toolbox, and let's see if you can make a run for it. Uh, that's exactly what he went and did over the course of 2022, fought twice in Cage Warriors, um, coming off the most recent win via knockout over Chuck Campbell. Uh, again, somebody that's really talented, I think still kind of a question mark for him. We just don't know what kind of fighter Modestus is. Is he somebody that could come in and make waves? Or is he kind of a stepping stone for, like you mentioned, uh, you know, the hunk Tyson Pedro. <laughs> Jason Momoa's uh, younger brother here. <laughs> uh, 31 years old, a little bit more of a veteran in the game, coming off a couple big victories. Uh, and is shown to have some really sharp hands, in my opinion, just looking at some of the highlights uh, in prep for the card, uh, I think he has the ability to put away Modestus. And uh, if I had to make a prediction, I'd say that's probably what's going to happen. I think there's going to be a lot of knockouts on this card. A lot of 50K bonuses going out. 
What do you think, brother? I definitely agree. I think there's going to be a lot of 50K bonuses coming out in this one. Um, and I mean, yeah, I, th I think Tyson Pedro is a beast, right? Like he, he got that loss handed to him via, I believe it was a TKO um, from Mauricio Shogun Hua. I believe he was winning that fight, if I'm not mistaken, up until that third round. And I mean, it's, it's Shogun, right? And that was also like seven years ago. It was in 2018. So yeah. Again, I mean, like, uh, or, or maybe five years ago. Sorry. Um, five. Either way, five years ago is like a freaking lifetime in combat here. sports. <laughs> Mathematicians. We're not mathematicians yep. here. Okay. We're kind of okay parlay and A's. Um, and I mean, I mean, let's just be honest here. Who has the power to put out most people? It's just a matter of if it hits you, right? So, and he did that for three rounds before it happened. So, anyways, he got that. That's the last loss he took. Before that, he got submitted by a straight arm bar by OSP. And again, that was back in June 23rd of 2018. OSP was a freaking monster back then. Since then, he took four years off. He came back this year, April 23rd, and ended up getting a KO via leg kicks and then punches over Isaac Villanueva, and Isaac's a beast. And then after that, he got a TKO uh, via body kick followed by punches over Harry Hunsucker. Um, the guy's an absolute beast, right? But across from him is Modestus Bukowskis, okay? People thought that he lost a step, right? But he lost to Jimmy Crute, Jimmy the Brute Crute. He lost to Mikhail Olechechik. He lost to Khalil Roundtree Jr., the Muay Thai guy. And then he came back and he beat Lee Chadwick in Cage Warriors. And he beat Chuck Campbell in Cage Warriors. He fought his way back into the UFC. I mean, there's songs about that. Started from the bottom, now we're here. He started from the bottom, now we're here, got kicked the fuck out, and now he's back. He has kicked, screamed, and clawed his way back. So I don't think that this is an easy matchup for Tyson Pedro by any means. I think that realistically, this is going to be a hard test for Tyson Pedro. And this is going to be one of those make or break performances as to whether he does belong at the big show. I think this is the big testament for both of these guys. Um, and realistically, I think that if one of them gets knocked out in brutal fashion early on or that it's not competitive, they will probably be cut. And the other one will see kind of a, a bolster or boost in their kind of matchmakeability in the UFC. I agree with that. I like that. Do you have a horse in this uh, race? If I had to pick a horse in the race, I would probably pick Tyson Pedro. I think he's very strong. I think the time off served him really, really well. And mm. I, I think he was nursing a lot of injuries. I know he was nursing a lot of injuries. Uh, he had a lot of work done. Um, and not the cosmetic kind. <laughs> so he uh, he he took some time off to repair, to recover. And I think that it paid dividends so far. I think it will continue to pay dividends. And I mean, if you look at the losses that have happened, um, Khalil Roundtree beat Bukowskis via leg kicks and Jimmy Crute beat him by punches. So I think that realistically, there's a lot of paths to victory for him here. Um, you know, you look back further into his, his career losses before then, he lost via submission, leg lock, and uh, another TKO from punches. So he's susceptible to knockouts um, even early in his career. Whereas if you look across from him, the guy only has three losses. And of those three losses, he lost once via KO, once via submission, and once via decision. 
what that tells me is for you anime fans out there, he's kind of like Sasuke Uchiha, right? Like Sharingan Eye. Fool me once, good for you. It's never going to fucking happen again because now I know your trick. So if if I'm right and if that's the case, I, I think his opponent's going to have, have a hell of a time trying to beat him in there. What about you? Who's your who's your horse in this race? It's a fair point. It's a fair point. I think I agree with you. I think Tyson Pedro will be my horse in this race in the sense that, you know, has maybe a little more momentum, a um, couple wins here in the UFC. I think that's a big deal in itself. Um, and, yeah, those heavy hands, I think the ability to put them away, it's, it's, it's in the deck of cards. It's very possible. 100%. And, uh, guys, we have, uh, just in case you haven't been paying attention this week to the news and things like that, uh, this is semi-breaking news, maybe fake news, but it's rumored news either way. So we're going to go and hit them with it. All right, guys. So we definitely have some breaking news here. Um, and that breaking news is... There's a potential matchup in 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 the works here between Robert Whitaker and Hamzat Shemaev. I mean, this is just a bonkers matchup. The potential in this matchup is wild. But before I, I go ahead and you know derail all the popular opinions, I gotta hear what what Nano's thinking here. Man. Yeah, fireworks, exciting. I think I'm I'm a you know MMA fan that's grinning into ear to ear when I started hearing some of these rumors. As, as much as I was excited to see Robert go up against Costa, I think Kamzat's the next best thing. And to be honest, I think this makes for a number one contender fight. Obviously, with the announcement of Adesanya and Pereira getting matched up again, uh, I do feel that uh, Kamzat, man, Robert, this could be fight of the year. This has that potential written all over it. You are looking at Kamzat Chemaev, someone who's coming off of some major wins. Obviously, Kevin Holland was his most recent win, but I do want to go back to that Gilbert Burns fight, which I think that is going to be more in line with what we'll see with Whitaker. Gilbert Burns is a warrior. Robert Whitaker's a warrior. Both of them are willing to go out on their shield, and they've proven that time and time again. Whitaker's the next champion. I think we're going to see shades of that. I think Kamzat... The question is, can he handle what Robert's going to throw at him? Because I do think the difference between Gilbert Burns and Robert Whitaker is that Robert Whitaker is just another step up in terms of the striking, being able to mix his martial arts together. Again, he's an ex-champion who's only been able to be beaten by Israel Adesanya, who is arguably one of the best fighters in that division of all time. Just super talented. Um, Man, this is going to be great, you know. The Reaper, Bobby Knuckles, getting back in there with another animal. Bobby Knuckles. Bobby Knuckles, man. I love watching him fight. Just just, just a Hall of Famer, a class act individual, somebody you want to root for. I think this has the a great narrative. And I think, I don't know if Kamzat said it or somebody, but the good guy versus the bad guy kind of narrative is something you got to love us comic book superhero fans. Man, I mean, that's that's what it's all about, right? You root for the good guy. You don't want to see this bad guy prevail, and, and he's the ultimate version of that, if I'm being honest. we got to have Drew on one of these episodes. He would, he'd probably be the only person I know that would go against you and be like, no, 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 I'm going for the bad guy. 
<laughs> He's go. also the biggest Conor McGregor fan I know for you listeners watching. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so fair, fair play. So if you had a horse in the race, who would it be? Oh, I know. I want to think more about it, and and we can probably do a full hour on breaking down the fight. What do we think can happen? You know, that that's how much this fight deserves that attention. Um, but my initial gut reaction, I think, oof, a part of me wants to say Kamzat, maybe because of the wrestling and his ability to be durable. But I'm not gonna go that direction because. I can't bet against Bobby Knuckles. I do think Robert Wicker has enough ways to win the fight. I do. I think his stand-up game is on par, if not better. I think he can wrestle, can grapple, can handle his strength at that weight class. And how do you not? You got to root for Robbie. But I do think he can withstand the storm. I don't see either one going out. It'll probably be Robert winning by by decision. Um doing a lot of point fighting and and getting it done is that a hot take am i in the <laughs> minority <laughs> you might be muted brother oh my goodness my goodness amateur mistakes what's happening <laughs> oh so um no i mean think, thinking that comes out has a chance i feel like it's a hot take i might be in the minority though mm. um so maybe thinking that comes out doesn't have a chance is the hot take here I don't think he has a chance. I think he's like he fought Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns is somebody that used to fight at 155 and then went up to 170. And he got beat by somebody that shouldn't fight at 170 and should fight at 185. So, I mean, even even thinking that like that win holds any relevance at the 185 pound division is absolutely bonkers to me. Um, that being said, I, I just think that Robert presents too many problems. I think like if if you if you asked me like, hey Olin, uh, can you describe these fighters to me in like one sentence? I would literally tell you, Kamzat is somebody who moves forward with relentless pressure and doesn't do well when somebody's able to block his takedowns. And in regards to Robert Whitaker, I would tell you he's somebody that stops people from providing forward pressure and is able to block takedowns and keep the fight standing in his realm. He's literally comes out fucking kryptonite, in my opinion. Like, yeah. I, I just think stylistically, it's not a good matchup for comes out. I think it's going to be a fun fight for the fans. I think if that fight happens at this point in their careers, Bobby Knuckles will probably embarrass him. And it'll be like like the folklore legends of Bruce Lee versus Wong Jack Man, right? Like Wong Jack Man beat him in his first fight, and that's what made him end up creating Jeet Kune Do. Like maybe Robert Whitaker beats the freaking heck out of this guy. And then he goes on to become a world champion afterwards. Because he, he can gets defeated. Yeah. That, that's the thing. Like, I think Robert Whitaker outclasses him and then afterwards comes out, goes back to the drawing board and probably becomes the best version of himself we've ever seen and then goes on to work his way up to a title shot, if not win a title. But I just don't think that he does well against Robert Whitaker in this this time zone. This timeline. Yeah. Yeah. In this multiverse. 
Not in this multiverse. Yeah, maybe in the next one. Like not not universe six one six. Maybe the next one. Um, when you mentioned that the the jump to one eighty five, it's that's a big deal. There's some dogs. Even Adesanya. I mean, stylistically, obviously we've seen Adesanya can lose to the wrestling, but if they're going tit for tat, that is a bad night for Kamzat. That is not going to end well for him. Um, and same with Alex Pereira. He possesses just as much uh problems and is twice as strong would probably be even more challenging to try to get down i think dc made a comment recently about how just darn strong alex is after them meeting up i don't know if you've seen them kind of play housing a little bit him trying to get the single leg like dc does but he was like oh i felt the strength of this kid we were messing around he's like but you feel strength you know it's a little different (laughs) no absolutely like Playing around, not playing around. If you try and shoot a double leg on somebody or they try and shoot a double leg on you, you feel them. You feel their strength. You feel their presence. Even if they're just like joking around, like uh, for people that like don't know what Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is or like what MMA is, they're like, what, like, what is MMA? Like, how would you describe MMA? And I literally tell them it's anywhere from five to 25 minute rounds or games of I killed you because that's what it is. If there wasn't a referee in there or we weren't doing like friendly combat, friendly sport, I killed you. I have a choke on you. If I don't let go, you die. I'm on top of you, ground and pounding you. If I don't stop, you die. So it's, it's like anywhere from like, depending on how long it lasts, right? Like 30 seconds to 25 minutes of I killed you. So for somebody like a Bobby Knuckles, and like the craziest thing about this sport to me is that it's a big, big game of rock, paper, scissors, because you can have that 185 pound division and you can lock like five of them in a room. And it's like, oh, this guy beats this guy. This guy beats this guy. But this guy doesn't beat this guy. And this guy beats this guy for for all these very reasons. Like, yeah. like you said, like you have Alex Pajeda or Alex Pereira. Sorry, I always want to mispronounce his name because, you know, the typical Brazilian, Pajeda. Um, I think that Hamzat has a better shot at beating him than he does at beating Bobby Knox. And it's because Bobby Knuckles is such a well-rounded fighter. He has that great takedown ability He or takedown defense. He also has great takedown ability himself. He's got good ground and pound. He's got fantastic submission defense. He's got phenomenal ground and pound and phenomenal stand-up game. I think his stand-up is leaps and bounds ahead of Hamzat Shemaev's. And I think nothing Kamzat does to him on the feet will hurt him, being completely honest. Uh, aside from a shin bone to the side of his head, I don't think he does anything to hurt the kid. So that's why I think Robert just kills him. But you put Kamzat against an Israel Adesanya or Kamzat against an Alex Pereira, and now he has paths to victory. And those guys would probably both beat Robert Whitaker. Or actually, I think if Alex Pereira and Robert Whitaker fought, Robert, like five out of 10 fights, would win. And it's because of the builds. It's because of the way that they fight. But if you have Israel Adesanya and Alex Pereira fight 10 times, Alex Pereira probably wins 7 out of 10 of those. But again, it goes back to what they used to say when they originally made the UFC. Styles make fights. Agreed. Nothing more true than that, man. And and yeah, again, stylistically... You know, that's the fun part is trying to break it down, right? What's the formula? How do you rank these guys? Or, you know, if we're looking at the UFC game or real life for a game, it's okay. What are these attributes that they possess? And yeah, I mean, Robert Whitaker, all of his attributes for each discipline, you know, grappling, 
takedown defense, striking, everything is going to be better than Kamzat. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, honestly, everything. If not tied, better. He is a champion in every word, in every facet of the word. And if Adesanya and Alex weren't around, I mean, Robert would be going on a historic reign. You know, he he's still a champ to me, obviously. But yeah, there's just the game's changing, man. It's evolving. You know, he does feel yes. like kind of that last wave of the two the the tens. I guess you could call the 2010s like era of champs, you know, really good at everything. Maybe not necessarily a specialist at one, but has the heart of a champ, man. I love Rob. Yep. Heart, heart I, I'm a huge, him. huge, huge fan of Rob. Um, I've, I've always thought that Robert was absolutely incredible. And if I'm not mistaken, like he used to fight at a lower weight class too and went up. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously not 155, but I want to say he started at a lower weight class and then went up. And like the, mm-hmm. the coolest thing about him is like when he first started fighting, he wasn't even like, he wasn't even really um, focusing on this 100. percent He was actually like playing, I believe, rugby, just like Volkanovski was, and like that's that's insane if you think about it. Here's someone that's fighting other people that are doing just this, and he's not even giving this his 100. percent like he's kind of half-assing it. He's he's trying to stay. And he said this in in um one of the like the pre-fight build-up videos a while back. This was like probably five six fights ago now. Um, but he was saying like when he first started doing this, he was it was like this weird balance where he'd try and stay big for rugby, and then he'd cut all this weight to get down, and then he started doing it full time. And he's like, all right, well I'll just fight at one eighty five and do this one like all all the time. And you look at some of his losses from like back in the day and let's see, like who did he lose against? I feel like he lost against some people from the ultimate fighter or something. Like when he One first of his last started big losses. And this might've been when he was at 170. I'm assuming. Cause it was Steven Wonderboy. Thompson, Steven Thompson. Yep. I was going to yep. say he was fighting like big yeah, guys at 170 mm-hmm. fucking court McGee, bro. He fought court McGee in 2013. Bro. That's court McGee boy. is still a killer. Mm-hmm. In 2013, Court McGee was he was an animal. He looked His Amish, and he probably <laughs> dude Court the Crusher McGee. If you look at a picture of that guy, he just looks like the Amish death machine, like the Amish wrecking crew. Um, yeah, dude, looks like that guy looks like Abraham Lincoln on some Decca. This guy's swear <laughs> juice swear. to the gills, <laughs> bro. He's huge. He's a beast, and like. Court McGee is no pushover. Like he's fought people like Carlos Condit, and, and like I believe, right? Did he fight Carlos Condit? Am I, am I tripping? Yeah, he fought Carlos Condit. Mm-hmm. He's fought Sean Brady, Diego Lima, Alex Garcia, Sean Strickland, Ben Saunders, fucking like Santiago Ponzinibbio. Like he's he's a beast. Big he's names. fought a ton. Yeah, dude, and he's been doing this for a long time, long time. Um. Like, to put it into perspective, he was in the UFC since 2010, Court McGee. Oh, my God. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you had, you had literally this kid coming off of the Ultimate Fighter Nations, and he's fighting these big guys at 170. He's cutting down during rugby to get down there, probably not healthily. I just think Robert is a bad, bad matchup for him, man. I agree. 
I, I think he's a real bad matchup. I don't see a lot him. of paths to victory for Kamzat. Like you said, I don't see a lot of scenarios where he hurts Robert in a way that, you know, is going to really put him out of there. Yeah. I, I hope this happens. I guess it is I don't know if it's still in rumor mill or there's maybe a card later in the year they're trying to eye um, to put them on, but I'm excited to see it. I am 100% excited to see it. Um, obviously, tomorrow's card is going to be an absolute freaking banger. Make sure you guys pay attention. If you're like an early prelims person like we are, early prelims are starting at... Wait, did they change the fight time of the card? I thought it was starting early tomorrow. Hmm. Huh. Never mind. According according to... A, go ahead. Like so, typical time. Yeah, no, huh? Typical time, yeah. I guess, for us. Maybe just for them, huh. it's going to be... Like early morning, I guess. Oh, you or, know what? That's why that's why I was under that impression. They're fighting Sunday morning in Australia in Perth. Okay. So I mean, yeah, if you're an early prelims person, early prelims start at three, preliminary card at five, and main card moving into seven PM. Um, I hope everybody enjoys the fights. And also make sure that you tune into the Against the Fence podcast. I will be on their post fight show right after the fights wrap up, uh, on their fan cam. And we will be going live again on Sunday morning. It will be me, Jive Turkey Nano for sure, and hopefully T Piz taking the Piz. Hopefully not taking too much Piz and getting a win on that parlay, baby. Um, as always, more is less Piz. <laughs> more is less Piz, baby. Uh, as always, we appreciate you guys. We always appreciate the support. Like, comment, subscribe, smash that bell for notifications. And uh, we look forward to seeing you all here. Same time, same place. Well, actually, no, not not same time. Same place, not same time. Usually it's Thursdays for these types of videos uh, and Sundays for the post-fight videos. We will be live either 9 a.m. or 10 a.m. PST. And we look forward to seeing you there and live in the chat. Nano, finish us out, brother. Let's go. See y'all, fam. fam. See you later, my community. Let's go.